<coughs> God damn. More than jesters and jestettes. I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful day. Because today is... <coughs> today is beautiful. Today is motherfucking beautiful. Now granted, it's a little fucking cold, but... <coughs> what are you gonna do? It's New York State and it's fucking the end of January. <coughs> Damn. Well, I got my bong back. I, I did. I took it inside and... So what I'm thaw. So the ice would melt. And we could utilize the incredible bong again. Oh, man. However, I did forget my lighting system. But you know how that shit goes. Whoa, whoa. So, uh, let's get into, uh... Let's get into it. Let's fucking do it to it, Captain. Let's, uh, suspicious observers. Let's watch their video from yesterday. Because, like I said, we're gonna have to do it a day late. And I apologize, but that's just... It's just the way it has to be, baby. Just the way it has to be. So let's go to YouTube. <laughs> and... Mmm, here we go. The Earth turns over. Advanced catastrophes. Let's do this shit then. Well, this is a... This wasn't... I don't think this was one of his daily videos. I think this is just a... Just an addendum. So let's... Let's see. Good evening, folks. This is an introduction to some advanced topics in modern catastrophism. They are often missed or easily confused. I'll let Emmanuel kick this off for me. It's a little bit difficult to uh, to go back and to say, well, the story is not exactly so. We have the phenomena from all places, from the bottom of the sea with ash and with nickel, which is of meteoric origin. And you have now the accepted view, which was not accepted only 10 or five years ago, that the terrestrial axis moved and that pale paleomagnetism proves us that terrestrial axis, that magnetic axis, and possibly like Ankan and other of Manchester claim that it, the Earth turned over. We know now from observation of Professor Danjon, director of Paris Observatory, that that flares on the sun may influence the speed of rotation of the Earth, and there were sudden changes. For centuries, up until the mid-1900s, it was a major topic in science to explain the evidence of a cyclical deluge, a repeating disaster that appears to violently punctuate the slow crawl of geological processes. Einstein had moved past the question of whether or not the Earth turned over, and died unsatisfied in his late-life passion to discover why it did so. <laughs> to alter the Earth's axis, his best option had been Greenland, gaining so much ice during an ice age that its weight pulled the crust over to where Greenland spun at the equator. His problem was that would take an unimaginable amount of snow and ice, but he never imagined there might be other ways to unlock the crust from the mantle. The now famous Chan Thomas version of the disaster 
puts the new pole positions in the same places that would match with the Greenland tilting to the equator scenario. But this makes me wonder at his description of the disaster, which is not only too extreme in almost every way, but misjudges the great wave of the cyclical deluge, most importantly. Even though Chan's pole positions match Einstein's and others with the 90-degree tilt, he chooses a great wave from the Pacific as though the Earth had stopped. This is illogical given the continued rotation of the Earth and this tilt here, which will send water up into the eastern part of America, western Africa, and the UK. Rough slosh back to northern Africa from the Mediterranean. On the other side of the world, the tilt makes the wave come from the north, with the slosh back being utterly horrifying to most of the continental Asian region. This is Chan's major mistake, glaringly obvious when you realize where he says the new poles would be. It is not a great wave from the west. This action is also what the Pentagon determined based on Project Nanook to the Arctic in the 1940s. Major White saved documents from the expedition, documents from the Pentagon meetings, the classified reports, and gave it all to his son Ken, along with plenty that was never written down before. The great secret is that every cycle of about 12,000 years, the world does a 90-degree tilt, then tilts back next cycle. They found alternating layers of this cycle of polar and tropical fossils. They knew it came with the magnetic excursion of Earth, like Chan Thomas did. But their game from there became protecting the classified secret. Not only do most of their truly false debunkings of the axis shift come from the characters involved and grants funneled through the National Science Foundation, but... They didn't even have to debunk the real disaster. They went after Charles Hapgood's absurd, random, seven-degree tilt, which would never bring the poles back to their original position like a cyclical tilt and tilt back. And because of that, they used ancient evidence of the polar position to debunk the axis tilt theories, even though Hapgood was the first and only one to suggest that version. Hapgood, by the way, was a member of the OSS, which became the CIA, at the time all of this information from Major White was coming in. Interesting. More interesting is that the main debunking papers like this one, claiming permanent pole position, have corrections made, orange notice there, and the corrections put the poles on the opposite side of the world, as wrong as you could possibly be in this sort of analysis, but the damage was done. Also, in terms of ancient dating, they have no idea what they are doing. One of a thousand great examples is how they recently adjusted this ice from being older than half a million years old to potentially having a maximum age of 15,000 years. So let's side with the Pentagon, Major White, Einstein, Chan Thomas, except for his version of the wave, and the majority of catastrophism other than CIA man playing Professor Charles Hapgood. We come back to what Velikovsky said at the opening, the Earth turns over, and the easiest way to do this is to unlock the crust at the low-velocity zone. Right now, the only reason the crust doesn't knock about on the liquid below is a thermoelectric equilibrium that exists there. This is the thin blue line between the lithosphere and the mantle and the induced currents within them. Where Einstein had nothing more but ice in the toolbox, we now can combine the magnetic excursion and the solar micronova to help explain how to disrupt this thermoelectric equilibrium. There are two ways we get anomalous rotation glitches of the small nature in modern times. One is a geomagnetic jerk from Earth's core, which makes sense, and the other is a geomagnetic storm from the sun. 
Since we know solar storm-induced current reaches down to the mantle, if not further, this also makes sense. A major solar storm that did get to the core during such a time when Earth was in a geomagnetic excursion could even induce a geomagnetic jerk all its own. And if it disrupts the low-velocity zone, the thermoelectric equilibrium, Greenland will go. But there's another way the Earth can flip over, and I must sadly say, this is a rare mistake from Veritasium. He was discussing the tendency of rotating bodies to turn over after the intermediate axis theorem sprung up on an ISS mission video. The explanation he gave was perfect, that with an asymmetrical second axis, your object, your rotating object, can flip with the rate depending on the degree of asymmetry. But then he makes a critical mistake, because he applies a symmetric view of Earth and says, this cannot possibly apply to our planet. <clears throat> the problem with this is that, despite the fact that they still teach this in school, it's simply not so. It is obvious that the mountains and oceans and even the equatorial bulge of our rotation create asymmetry as a whole and around the outside, but things inside are also not as they seem. The notion that concentric shells of homogeneous contents between them is just not so. The large low shear velocity provinces, or LLSVPs, are the enormous skeletal structures of the Earth. They are denser, conductive, and they mean that our planet is not symmetrical about the critical axis. That's two ways to turn the world over, and website members at suspiciousobservers.org, you recently saw the development and rapid maturation of a third way in your Deeper Look episodes from late last year. That'd be episodes 85 and 87, related to that third way to turn over the world. But right now we want to share what has become our favorite piece of ignored evidence in the catastrophe cycle, the Texas rock wall. It is an enormous structure beneath Texas. Before it was buried, it was 70 feet tall and stretched for 20 miles around a massive area with other complex structures, footholds in the walls, limestone bricks and mortar, the choice of ancient builders. There were perfect lines, right angles, triangles, rectangles, an amazing and frankly impossible structure under mainstream science belief. And so, for a long time, it was ignored. But for the locals, the mystery of who built it and how it got like this, underground, remained. Then the History Channel brought in this professor, and he said, No, it's not made by man at all. It is a natural formation. He says that it must be 80 million years old based on the isotope data, which means it's from around the time before the dinosaurs went extinct. He can't account for the shapes, the bricks, the mortar, the footholds, the continuity, the right angles. Just says it's 80 million years old based on those isotopes. And immediately, our brain should be going back to the ice cap redating. But further, he says the magnetization of the blocks is all the same, and that means it couldn't have been made by humans who wouldn't have known about such things. Well, not only did ancient people build on ley lines, so I'm not putting that past them, but if an ancient solar micronova induced a strong enough current, it would reorient the magnetization of the structure. If it rained cosmic rays and dust-laden isotopes, who knows what isotope analysis would have shown. It was buried by the dirt and muck of the cyclical deluge. The earth turned over. <laughs> Hey, Jesters and Jestettes. I just want to take a quick second here to welcome 42 Degrees and Sunny to the Jester family. They have smoking deals on your smoking accessories. They're located at 50 Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York. Or you can find them online, where they're always open, at 42DegreesAndSunny.com. 
And because you are a member of the Jester family, remember to type in the code SWED10 to save 10% on all your purchases. Remember, it's 42degreesandsunny.com. How can we brighten your day? Now back to the show. Well, that's kind of uh, interesting. Man, I, I, Mr. Ben Davidson always makes me think, man. Like, what, what's going to happen? Because, the, I mean, you, should, you, you can't argue with science. You, you can't choose what facts to believe and what facts not to believe. Facts are facts. So, actually, I heard that on Oklahoma. You can't argue with facts because facts are facts. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm interested to see what's going to happen and when, because we are right at that 12,000-year cycle. But, <clears throat> and cycle's that big, you know, you can't really, you know, narrow it down. It doesn't happen, I don't, well, I you can't say it doesn't, because I don't fucking know. I can't say that it be specifically happened at a specific date every cycle, but, because it shows in the proof, if you look up, go, you have to... A lot of his videos are, are helpful when you can see it. So if you go to uh, YouTube and subscribe to Suspicious Observers, he'll, he'll keep you posted because, shit, he knows a lot more about it than I do. I can't even, I can't even expand on what he tells you. <laughs> He's expanding my knowledge already. So, God damn it. That's why I love Mr. Ben Davidson because he makes me think, and I recommend y'all subscribe to his YouTube channel so y'all can have your eyes open. And not have any fear because you know it's coming. So as he always says, man, eyes open, no fear. Let's check out, uh, no, I don't want a goddamn trial, buddy. Let's, uh, see what's happening today. This is, shout out to our good news network, man. So tomorrow's Wolf Moon kicks off a, a year of three super moons, including a blood moon. Former white supremacist store and clan meeting space is being turned into a community center to promote healing. Why not? Absolutely. Hmm. I know I do not have a face recognizing superpower because, well, I have like face blindness. I think caused by my brain injury. I can't. I can't remember faces, man. Makes it kind of a. Uh, Difficult meeting new people because I don't remember. I don't remember people, man. But it's all good. Everything's good, man. Fucking life is amazing. Martian mineral rare on Earth found locked in Antarctic ice. Hmm. 13 of the best New York wineries from Brooklyn to the Finger Lakes. <coughs> what about... Up in Fredonia, by the Great Lakes, man. There's some great wineries up there as well, buddy. Don't just stop at the Finger Lakes. How to eat a banana for a flat belly? No, thank you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Chrissy Teigen wore the $120 tights that are sold out everywhere and virtually nothing else. I don't care. Biden, we can't wait any longer. Fuck you, Joe Biden. You're a goddamn enemy of the United States of America. God damn it, you're a prick. Huh. Natural physicist detective story. No, let's, uh, I'm not interested in that. Let's go back to the Good News Network. Let's see what happened. No, let's just, yeah, let's, damn it. Oh, 
So I'm working on uh, getting a contract with Empire Direct so I can promote their stuff to businesses and people. And I'm just, I'm growing this shit, man. Jester's promoting company is about to be huge. Well, it's going to be a while before it's huge, but it's, it's fucking growing, man. I'm loving it. My suggestion to all y'all out there, support local, buy local. We don't, these these big box stores, Walmart, uh, whatever, Sam's Club, all their, well, Sam's Club and Walmart are the same thing, but they are ruining life for the small businessman. They don't care about their employees. They get their shit from China. So they're, Walmart is an un-American company. They are fucking greedy bastards. And I was thinking the other day. Oh, I heard the other day. The board game Monopoly. The economy you live in is the economy of Monopoly. As the game pro progresses, one person ends up having all the money and everybody else just ends up going around paying rent until they're fucking done and out. This game needs to be restarted. The 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 balance of wealth is so goddamn unpro unproportionate, improportionate. I'm not sure which one it is. Improportionate that it, it it's fucking sick, man. What is it like? Fifteen people have more wealth than. 99% of the rest of the fucking world? That's goddamn disgusting. That's gross, man. Well, no, man, that's fucking gross, man. You can't, you can't, the game needs to be restarted. How that's gonna happen, I don't know. But I think it may have already started with the fucking DNC stealing this motherfucking election. That's, that was... Well, I can't say it's the beginning, because it wasn't the beginning. The beginning was a long-ass fucking time ago, before I was fucking born, when everything started. When Reaganomics when Reaganomics started, is fucking when everything started. Because trickle-down economics is a fucking joke. Let's give all the money to the people at the top, and then, we'll, then we will see what happens. So, man, it's aggravating. And it's just... It, you know what? But who cares? Well, I care. Oh, I'm trying to... I'm trying. I hate that fucking word try. Because if you, if you use the word try, it gives you an out. Just fucking do it. There is no try. Either do or don't do. Do or don't do. No fucking thing is a try. Because when you try, nothing fucking happens. You gotta make shit happen by doing. Doing, doing, doing. Making shit happen. And, okay, boom, huh, fuck that noise, bitches. <laughs> okay, buddy, let's go to the, uh, the Good News Network and see what happened today in history. Good News in History, January 28th. <laughs> 
Hey, all you Jesterians out there. If you have the Cash App and want to support the show, our Cash App handle is The Promoting Jester. Y'all are very much appreciated. Be safe and make your decisions well. Back to the show. Good news in history, January 28th. Happy 85th birthday to Alan Alda, best known for his comedic role as Captain Hawkeye Pierce in the TV series MASH for which he was nominated for 21 Emmy Awards during the run from 1972 to 1983 and won five. He also wrote and directed many episodes, including the two-hour series finale, which became the single most watched episode of any series in American TV history. He made his film director debut in The Four Seasons, which he co-wrote, starring alongside Carol Burnett, and made his marriage debut in 1957, co-starring with his college sweetheart, Arlene, to whom he is still wed. Wedded? To whom he is still wedded? I don't know. To whom he is still wed, I think is the... I don't think wedded is the is a word. <laughs> Excuse me. That's okay. I'll, uh, I'll edit their shit for him. Beyond Arlene and doing extensive charity work, especially for St. Jude's, his major passion is for science. He hosted and did interviews for the PBS show Scientific American Frontiers. And now Aldo uses his expertise in acting and communication to help scientists communicate more effectively when sharing their findings to the public. 15,000 people were trained since he founded the Alan Alda Center for Communicating Science at Stony Brook University in 2010. He was diagnosed in 2015 with Parkinson's disease and developed tremors, but that didn't keep him from using his distinctive voice in 2020. Uh, distinctive voice. In 2020, he released an original podcast called Soldiers of Science, The Vietnam War, Anthony Fauci and the Doctors Who Revolutionized American Medicine. He's also began hosting two podcasts, Clear Clear Plus Vivid with Ellen Alda, as well as Science Clear and Vivid. Over the last decade, Alda has published two memoirs, Never Have Your Never Have Your Dog Stuffed and Other Things I've Learned, and Things I Overheard While Talking to Myself. Ah. That's some good shit. On January 28th, in 1573, the Warsaw Confederation sanctioned religious freedom in Poland. Jane Austen, oh, Jane, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice was first published, with its first print run selling out at about 1,500 copies. That was January 28th in 1813. The world's largest snowflakes fell in Fort Keogh, Montana, which were reported to be 15 inches wide. That was January 28th in 1887. A tomb of the unknown soldier was added beneath the Arc de Triomphe in Paris in honor to honor the unknown dead of World War One. That was January 28th, 1921. Iceland became the first country 
to legalize abortion in 1935, January 28th. Italian police rescued a U.S. general after 42 days as hostage of the Red Brigade in 1982, January 28th. On this day, 36 years ago, a group of American performers recorded the charity song we are the world to raise money for famine relief in Africa. Written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, the song became the fastest selling American pop single in history, selling over 20 million copies and raising over $63 million immediately for humanitarian aid. More than 50. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Open your fucking eyes, asshole. <laughs> More than 45 America's biggest names in music checked their egos at the door to make the USA for Africa recording, including Michael Jackson, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Billy Joel, Tina Turner, Diana Ross, Bruce Springsteen, Dionne Warwick, Willie Nelson, Harry Belafonte, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, and more. With its dazzling cast, the song eventually became the biggest selling single in both pop. What? The song eventually became the biggest selling single in both pop music history. I don't think that both needs to be in there. Edit your ship, guys. Come on. The song eventually became the biggest selling single in pop music history. In the 36 years since then, the recording produced by Quincy Jones has raised over $100 million for Amer African relief. Check the USAforAfrica.org. I'm, now, I'm curious because I wonder how much of that money actually went to the people in Africa and not to the people who organized all that shit. That is what I would like to know. Because them bastards be crazy bastards. Quote of the day. True swagger is owning your inner essence. It's a mindset. What that means is true swagger or true pride. We're going to use, we're going to uh, input the word pride for swagger. True pride is owning your inner essence it's a mindset knowing what you think not making excuses that is owning your inner mindset don't make any fucking excuses shit happens overcome it and go adapt and overcome that's how you that's how true pride is gained everybody's gonna make mistakes own those mistakes adapt Change your goddamn behavior, change your goddamn decisions, and just fucking live life to the best of your ability. Be nice to everybody. Be, be kind. Be polite. Say please and thank you. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Be fucking polite. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Bitches. What? Ha, 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 ha. Smoke weed every motherfucking day and make shit happen. This is a money bag empire exclusive.
Trunk Busters made this beat. I ain't make it, they did. You might not see me, but I'm on the scene. Got my double cups and they real muddy. Keep a bad bitch. Always dress real me. You know my motto, nigga. I keep it low key. Bad getting money, nigga, low key. Used to sell blow, nigga, low key. Return to the Mac, young Goldie. From the OG, OG. been stacking money up, nigga. Low key, used to trap off the phone, switch it up with legit. Now a nigga on his corporate shit. Be the drug charge, be the gun charge. Tell me why would I risk a bit? I'd rather be home, making that big break. Cooling out with my lady, having gray sex, and I big king size bed. Shit, I just wanna live. Okay.